So we take great passion in trying to do the right thing for these students, because in return, they will do the right thing for the companies that they're with. You are listening to the AFIRE podcast, real estate, technology, cross-border investing, and the opportunities of a changing world. Let's start a conversation now. It's been an interesting couple of years, certainly with COVID and with the social unrest and with the economic volatility that we've seen over the last few years. I, I think it's interesting that it was really only a couple of years ago that we were all talking about a reckoning um, in terms of equality and equity. Uh, real estate was starting to do some really serious thinking about it. And, I, and, and I've heard some criticism over the last, oh, say, six months or so saying, well, people have forgotten and we haven't followed up those initial kind of good feelings and good thoughts about what should be done with action. Um, but I don't think that criticism is completely founded in reality. There are people that are making significant progress and significant steps, but a difficult intractable problem like inequity and racism, they don't go away right away. They didn't emerge right away. So it's going to take us a while to get rid of it. Um, so I'm particularly glad to have uh, our guests uh, on the podcast today, Bill Ferguson, who uh, many of you know, obviously, is the chair of Ferguson Partners, but he's also the president now of the Ferguson Charitable Foundation Centers for Leadership um, Excellence and the COO of the CLA Foundation, Carrie Nowicki. Carrie, Bill, thank you so much for joining me on the AFIRE podcast. Thanks, Gunnar. What a pleasure to be here. Very much appreciated, Gunnar. Thank you. Well, why don't we just start off, Bill? Um, what is the center uh, Centers uh, for Leadership Excellence? What is it that we're talking about? Well, Gunnar, as, as you know, and you and I've talked a lot about this, um, our industry is the biggest industry in the country, the biggest industry in the world. And from my perspective, we ought to be a thought leader. You know, we ought to be at the front of the pack uh, trying to make a difference. Um, and our industry has been woefully, woefully um, underserved as it relates to enhancing both gender and ethnic diversity. So, you know, uh, I, it's, it's a fascinating because I would talk to my clients and friends and we talk about this subject. Right. And they said, well, you know, I went to Harvard. I went to Wharton. I went to Stanford. And I interviewed six ethnically diverse candidates, and they went to McKinsey, Google, and Goldman Sachs. And their response was, Bill, I basically tried. And I said, no, you didn't. You failed. Mm. And you failed because you looked in the wrong places. There's plenty of wonderful talent that's both ethnically and gender diverse throughout a robust list of colleges. And really waiting for us as an industry to access them, educate them to the industry, and ultimately provide them great career opportunities. So what CLE is all about is really creating, uh, it, it, in essence, what we're calling a real estate-related minor. And for us, that includes real estate, it includes infrastructure, it includes hospitality, it includes seniors' housing. So we're creating or in some cases nurturing uh, minors that are already in existence in some of these schools and schools that are also richly ethnically diverse. 
and we're educating the students to the opportunities in the industry and ultimately working diligently to find them um, summer jobs in their sophomore and junior years and ultimately full-time jobs in their senior years. So let me get this right. You're actually going, you're you're working with the schools uh, where folks, you know, before they're graduating and you're helping kind of steer them towards uh, a real estate going forward. Can you explain that a little bit more in depth? Yeah, well, it's interesting. You know, where where I got this idea was, um, you know, Arnie Sorensen was a dear friend. And Arnie was the CEO of, of um, Marriott, as you know. And he unfortunately died before his time from pancreatic cancer. And what the Marriott family did is they made a $20 million gift to Howard University to create a hospitality minor. And they created an institute called the Marriott Sorensen Hospitality Center for Leadership Excellence. And the concept behind this was to once again educate the students relative to what a career could look like in hospitality. Uh, They're taking between seven to 10 courses starting in their sophomore year to graduate with this minor. And in essence, uh, Marriott is leveraging their relationships to find these students jobs. And, and, And so that to me was the eye opener. You know, we did the, uh, uh, executive director search for the Institute Pro Bono. Uh, I worked very diligently with Arnie's uh, uh, widow to raise money. And I woke up one morning, Gunnar, and I said, you know what, if we pivoted this from hospitality to a real estate related minor, and we went out to the 60 colleges that are richest in ethnic diversity, assuming that we ultimately have 30 students per college, 10 seniors, 10 sophomores, and 10 juniors, we could graduate 600, 600, Gunner, diverse seniors into our industry annually. That would be an unprecedented achievement. So that's what you've done. You've, you've pivoted into the real estate world, uh, this, this model that, that worked so well with hospitality. Uh, Carrie, do you want to kind of give us a little bit of a, a picture of how um, you're doing and how you're living up to this vision of how we're going to bring in 600 and, and, and perhaps many, many more diverse candidates kind of into the, the talent pool that commercial real estate is always looking for. Yeah, definitely. And your point, Gunnar, around like partnering with universities, I do think that's what's distinct about our CLE program and the reactions we've gotten from our university partners. We have about 15 university partners in this first class of Ferguson Fellows And the feedback's tremendous. They're so appreciative for one, and they're so hopeful that we can increase the talent pool at such a critical, but like young age, we're targeting sophomores. They're thinking about a variety of career paths. And because of, you know, the fundraising and the support across the industry, we're able to offer a scholarship that shows genuine support for these students. We have about 20 fellows already selected just in the few months that we've been um, after this. And we're really excited about their potential. We're offering them a training and development program that because most of the university partners so far have a real estate program, it's supplemental to that. It's a little bit deeper technical training, but more so some of the leadership training that will allow them to walk into an internship more prepared and have some more industry knowledge. Um, And then we're connecting them with company partners that have showed an interest in making a change with us. 
um, which there are there are many. Um, so that's what we've been working on thus far. The feedback has been so positive. I think it gives us all good inspiration to um, you know move quickly and turn our numbers of you know our pilot class to reach the long term goals that Bill mentioned of having you know more and more fellows to really make a change within the industry. And what what kind of universities has that included? Is that just the historical uh, black colleges and universities or is, or is it others as well? No, it's others as well, because for our first class, we wanted to make sure to have like a national talent pool to, okay. to be able to start to partner with a variety of company, company partners and also to have, um, you know, a, a some real estate program or a minor, they, some of them just have a concentration so that as we're building, um, you know, the certificate or minor program ourselves, we're starting with students that had some exposure, have expressed genuine interest in really growing a career in real estate. Yeah, what, what, uh, Carrie brings up a good point. You know, there are a lot of, of uh, very important and, and initiatives going on out there in the in the community for sure. But what we're doing is truly unique. What we're trying to do here, Gunner, and we're having some good success so far, is really creating these ecosystems at these colleges mm-hmm. where they will be self, you know, regenerative, if I can use that word. So the students will learn about the real estate industry. They will minor in the real estate industry. They will get jobs in the real estate industry. And then they will come back to their colleges, right? And they will mentor the next generation. They will be philanthropically generous. So what happens here is these colleges uh, will, in essence, kind of continue to uh, create a flow of talent into, you know, these real estate related industries, which is going to be Mm self-sustaining. And that really is going to be a a differentiator for us uh, that nobody else is, is pursuing which we feel is so important to make sure that this isn't a fad that dies out, that these schools really appreciate what these alumni can do to making, you know, the school each and every year a better place to be. It, you know, it's it's that blocking and tackling that we've all talked about needing to have and starting earlier in, in people's, uh, you know, educational career. It seems that you're doing that and, and trying to make, the, I like the whole self-sustaining model and this idea of working through it. You know, there's something that, Carrie, I saw in some of the, 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 the information about your program that I found interesting, an interesting term, especially as it relates to real estate. And that's this idea of generational uh, racism. Uh, certainly, it's been with us for many, many generations, uh, and and it's it's been a problem in the United States for a long time. But I think it's kind of interesting that since real estate is a generational industry, uh, a lot of the folks that end up going to those real estate programs that uh, Bill talked about in terms of uh, Harvard and Stanford and what else, quite often they're the second or the third generation of real estate professionals in their family, that this is really something that's kept in the family a lot traditionally. Um, is that what you're talking about when you talk about this generational racism and how we need to somehow uh, overcome that? Yeah, I mean, I think wh- how we're wanting to overcome generational racism is like take a different approach, look at different schools, look, you know, it's sure it's some of the same schools, but we're looking at a variety. We're looking to uncover great students and we're looking to show them a different way to grow a great career that they haven't been shown before. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's a lot of great careers that stu- these students could pursue, but some of the generational racism that has existed, you know, it's just kind of the bad decisions passed down, bad habits passed down. And it has happened for such a long time that you kind of lost 
people have lost sight of what what their impact is. Right. Um, and so I think what we're trying to do is first just be very open about that and make sure that we're setting our students up for success um, by partnering with people that really want to make change and help our fellows get to leadership levels. Um, but also by taking a different approach to partnering with universities to really, um, you know, show them the future at a young age um, and the future, meaning, you know, a, a great career across the largest industry around. And Gunnar, you know, the other, I guess, two other points I'd like to make, I think Carrie's spot on. Um, you know, first of all, the reason that the initiative is called Centers for Leadership Excellence is we believe fundamentally that until these students ultimately get into the boardroom and get into the C-suite where they can really effectuate change, we won't have accomplished our mission. Mm -hmm. So my dream, and, and we'll be hopefully creating some of the curriculums that a lot of the HBCUs who have no infrastructure at all, no professors, no curriculum, and, and our goal over time is to kind of create uh, that foundation uh, for them, you know, is, is to build leadership, mm -hmm. uh, ideally into some of these curriculums. So the students really recognize, um, you know, that they really have an opportunity uh, to make a difference. And, and that's, I think, ultimately my dream in what we've created here. And, and um, you know, we're being, as Carrie said, you know, we're um, interviewing the students, we're admitting certain stu students as Ferguson Fellows, but part of the assessment ultimately is inner, our inner belief, our inner core saying, you know what, these are students who at some point in time can make a big difference to the organizations they serve. I, mean, I think it's interesting that, you know, your emphasis on leadership and you think about uh, historically, uh, the, HCB, the HBCUs have really emphasize leadership in general, and that that's been a big part of their emphasis when you think about Warhouse and Howard, uh, of, of how they, uh, how they, the metric they use for their own success is their ability to create leaders in their community and, and beyond. Um, I, I'm curious about, Carrie, you said something earlier about how, um, you know, folks that are really committed to making change that are in the industry, um, and, and there are, and I think it's really exciting to see when I look at the list of folks that have already signed on on this really in your first year. Um, what is it that a real estate organization and, and specifically the leaders of real estate organization need to be acting upon and thinking about in order to overcome some of these issues? Obviously, part of it is working with you, but how do you think they should approach the problem? How do you think they should be kind of thinking about their own cultures and how they can help um, be the the solution or or get, keep us on that road uh, to creating true leadership in the boardroom? Right. I mean, there's so many things. I think if we focus on like the early recruitment related to our program, it's it's being able to look forward to identify certain roles that are a good pathway to leadership roles, critical roles that will make a difference in their business. And being forward thinking about how you recruit for those, because it's hard, right? Like I've been in recruiting a long time. A position opens, you want to fill it quickly because you're suffering while it's open. But, you know, you also have to pick a few roles that you can really think about what talent will make a difference in this role. Mm -hmm. And we think our CLE fellows can make a difference in some of these early career roles 
um, if we can think ahead enough and make the right matches and then, you know, help support them to be great leaders. So yeah, I think it's some forward thinking recruitment. I think it's really looking at where there's been gaps in retention or advancing talent and, and, you know, putting some structure around supporting um, talent to, to first join the real estate industry, but then to stay and to grow there. Um, and the conversations thus far have been really good. It's not just focused on, you know, you know, support us now, take a Ferguson fellow if you have an opening. It's like, how can we, re- what roles are critical? What roles are you having gaps in? Yeah. Where is there, you know, is it hard to retain? What are the skills, you know, what are the skills for those roles in the future? So we've had some great conversations so that it's like good long-term change. You know, Carrie, there's something that Bill, um, you've said a couple of times uh, to me over the over the last several months about, you know, these cycles of missed opportunities. Uh, and I, I think that's an interesting idea that that we've been kind of in an environment where we're missing opportunities, where we're almost like overlooking talent that actually is there already, uh, that we just haven't seen it. Um, and I, I want to flip it a little bit away from what I asked Carrie, which was, you know, what are people that are, what do people need to think about if they want to be more active and more proactive in this area? But what about the, the, the leadership that at currently in the industry is saying, you know what, I've got a lot going on right now. Uh, my responsibility to my investors is to get the job done, to keep the, keep the, the, the train going down the tracks. Uh, I have great talent. I know people at various organizations for recruiting young people who are brilliant. Uh, and, you know, maybe there's not as much diversity as you would like, but at the end of the day, I've got to deliver risk-adjusted returns that are reasonable. What is it that you're missing if you're missing a whole swath of talent in this country? You know, people misunderstand this whole concept behind DEI. You know, DEI is really about creating an inclusive culture. It's about having a a variety of people around the table, uh, encouraging an active debate, listening, and listening carefully to what everybody has to say and ultimately making the best decision. Mm-hmm. You know, whether you're in a business, whether you run a university, whatever, whatever it might be, it, it's this whole issue of creating a culture that is sufficiently uh, empathetic, uh, that's intuitive, that is willing to listen to everybody around the table who doesn't all, they don't all have the same uniform view and, and, and then make a decision um, you know, coalescing those different perspectives that that's really what this is all about. Mm-hmm. And, you know, whether it's, it's people are ethnically diverse, gender diverse, whatever people bring a different point of view. And what happens, unfortunately, a lot of companies is, is either nobody listens to them or if they listen to them, they don't really pay any attention mm-hmm. and, and great CEOs recognize that in order to deliver the kind of economic results that investors want, it is about creating this inclusive culture that ultimately will focus on the right long-term strategy and performance for the business. Well put. It sounds like once again, as usual, Bill, you're, you're taking it right back to the, the leadership requirements of successful uh, CEOs and leaders within our organizations and the ability to bring all those ideas and thoughts together in an inclusive culture. Yeah. The, the other thing I would add to Gunnar, you know, if, if you look at why our students or any students, you know, of the ones we're talking about, fail, they fail in, in, in school for two reasons. 
They either fail because they don't have the financial support to make it through school, or they fail because they don't have the proper mentorship. And that could be they could have, you know, a drug addicted brother. Uh, they could have suffered unconscious bias during a summertime workplace, or they could be having trouble in school. So the two things that we're doing in the foundation, and these are expensive investments, you know, as Kerry said, you know, we're providing uh, tuition assistance to these students, basically covering on average three quarters of the tuition requirement at any college. Once again, recognizing we want to get this financial issue off the table. And then we also have a partnership with SEO where they are mentoring a number of our students to deal with a lot of these other issues that they encounter in day-to-day -day life, which everybody does not. And, you know, it's, it's about a $25,000 investment per student, which, you know, do the math. You have 30 students in a college, ultimately, and 60 colleges. That's a big investment. But our, our fundamental belief here is if you don't address those issues, you can do everything else we're doing and you would still fail. And that's really the conviction by which we move forward. Brilliant. I mean, Carrie, when you think about challenges that are facing the program, the success of this program, and obviously as you're operating this and taking this, this, this vision and turning it into reality, are there other challenges that you're concerned about in terms of making this uh, as impactful as possible? Yeah, there always are. We're up for it. Um, I think the it's an enormous industry, you know? Um, and I think if we think about that we're starting with sophomores, we're trying to increase the talent pool interested. We have to make sure that we can educate them on the right pathways. Um, and it's, and it's hard to, because there's so many pathways, you know? And so we're just trying to find the right mentors, um, and the right perspective to share with them at the right time. So it's not intimidating so that it's clear, you know, that the industry does want to make change too. Cause I think the other challenges, there really isn't a lot of diversity at the leadership level. That's why we're doing this. So, you know, it's, you know, when you're bringing our, the fellows into a room for a career panel, we want to make sure that we're starting to show change and that we're starting to show successes. Um, so I would say those are the two things that we're very kind of focused on overcoming um, and could be some challenges that would, could cause the fellows to want to choose a career path in another industry because there's a lot of choices. Well, as we consider the the considerable investment of time and resources that you and all the people that are working with you to make this program succeed, let's think out, you know, as we think out of a last thought here in terms of what does this look like, let's say five years from now, maybe 10 years from now, what do you envision happening? And I'd love for both of you to kind of opine on this. Maybe we'll start with you, Carrie. What you know, where are we going? What what does this look like? I think it looks, I mean, as far as end result and what the what the real change looks like, it's, of course, more diversity at the top. So, so beyond early career, I think for our program itself, it's a lot more, the, the um, word of mouth has traveled and the amount of support that we're providing makes such an impact that students are talking about it. It's generating more interest in application. So us selling students on and educating them on a career path in the real estate industry has become a little bit less important because they're more aware because of this ecosystem that we've created that has natural, authentic mentors at the 
mid-career level that's helping us to recruit students in as well. Um, I think the number of schools would have grown as well. We've started with 15, you know, 60 is our, you know, kind of three-year plan. And I think, um, you know, it would probably grow even further. I I think it doesn't, I think what we'll see, you know, is we're developing a criteria of what a successful school looks like. So it's not numbers, but it's that quality. I think success will look like we know exactly where across the nation we can get high achieving, passionate students ready to be a part of this program as alumni when they graduate and ready to make change with us um, for a lifetime. So I think that's what some of the long-term success really looks like. Yeah, well well said, Carrie. Yeah, I guess, Gunnar, um, you know, my my vision of this is, is you have this boardroom, right? And you see, you know, let's say... Um, seven to 10 people around the room. And it's, it's everything we've talked about. It's, it's active conversation, it's diversity, it's people who listen, who care, and who really have had a great career. I mean, one of the things that we're focused on, um, and this is the benefit of coming out of a talent management organization like Ferguson Partners, and Carrie is wonderful at this. She had a meteoric career at Pepsi in HR, and she could have gone a lot further, but her passions turned her to us, and we feel very, very blessed as a result of that. But what we're doing today is we're trying to add another element into our assessment process and to really understand where a student's going to thrive. You know, for instance, of the 300 companies that we're going to introduce these students to, you know, Gunnar, one's going to be Rocket Mortgage. Okay, another one might be, you know, a residential property management organization, you know, pick the one. But but all of these students are not going to make it at Blackstone. They're not going to make it at Morgan Stanley. And you know what? We don't want to put them into jobs where they're going to be unsuccessful. So part of our mission here is to expose these students to 12 industry sectors, okay, to a variety of functions, and try to match them up with a career that they're going to be truly happy in and successful in, and quite honestly, having living them or having them live in a particular location where they're going to be happy too. And so what we want to see is we want to see them climb through the ranks of these organizations and get to the top and be in that room uh, with the other people who are running the business and really making a difference. So we take great passion in trying to do the right thing for these students, because in return, they will do the right thing for the companies that they're with. Great vision, passionate, and practical. And on the note of practicality, Carrie, where, if anyone is listening to this, wants to find out more about your program, where they're going, what do you suggest they do? Um, I think go go right to our website or reach out to me directly, carrie.nowicki at the clefoundation.org or write to our website at uh, the clefoundation.org. And um, yeah, we would be super happy to engage, um, you know, students, company partners, universities. We're, um, we're really, really hopeful about the future. Wonderful. Good advice. Uh, thank you so much. We've run out of time. Uh, Carrie Nowicki, COO, and Bill Ferguson, president of uh, this new and exciting program, to make a difference. So thank you both for joining us. Well, Gunnar, also thank you. You and I have been good friends for a long time. We know your heart's in this as well. 
And, you know, we need leadership in the industry to be behind this. And um, we very much appreciate all you do and who you are. So thanks very, very much. Yeah, thanks for the support. Thanks, guys. You have been listening to the eFi Podcast. Remember to subscribe on your favorite podcast subscription service, such as Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitchers, and others. A fire is not engaged in providing tax, accounting, or legal advice. No content in this podcast is to be construed as a recommendation to buy or sell an asset. Some information included has been obtained from third-party sources considered to be reliable. Though A fire is not responsible for guaranteeing the accuracy of third-party information. The opinions expressed are those of its respective contributors and sources, and do not necessarily reflect those of A fire.